G'day and welcome to the City on a Hill podcast. I'm Guy, Senior Pastor of City on a Hill, a movement of churches across Australia united around the central mission of knowing Jesus and making Jesus known. Whether you're on your morning commute or sitting down with a warm cup of coffee, I hope this message fuels your faith, hope and love. And while we're here, let me encourage you to prayerfully consider supporting this ministry. You can do that by heading to cityonahill.com.au. God bless. Look forward to connecting soon. Luke chapter 2. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of the city of, da- of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Saviour, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that they had been told concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds had told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had seen and heard, as it had been told them. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks Thanks be be to to God. God. Thank you too, Lisa. Good morning, everybody. Merry Christmas. How are we this morning? Good. Who got up the earliest? Have we got any 5am'ers? A few, any 4.30? Any pre-5am parents in the room? 
Nice. I appreciate you're going to be able to pay attention this morning. Uh, hey, if you're new or visiting, my name's Nick. I get the joy of being the lead pastor of this church. And we're here at City on Hill. We do this every Sunday. It is Christmas at every, uh, every Sunday, except next Sunday. Don't come next Sunday. But every Sunday, other than next week, uh, we are here gathering to want to know Jesus and make Jesus known. Uh, I thought we should start with a round of applause. Our band members have given up their Christmas morning so that we could worship. So let's uh, put our hands together for the band. Thank you, band. We appreciate that. Hey, I've got a Christmas gift for you this morning, and that is a shorter sermon. Uh, I am going to be brief this morning. Uh, today we get the, the, the chance to um, focus in, uh, I guess, beyond the, the, the cultural custom that is Christmas, to, to focus in on, on why are we here, and what is it that we're celebrating, and why is it that we, that we sing to Jesus? Why is he worthy of worship? So in keeping with that goal of, of wanting to have a shorter sermon, I've just got really one thing in our passage to focus on, one uh, element of the story of Jesus' birth on that first Christmas day to point out for us. And to get us there, let me start just by telling you that, that one of the great reliefs for me that Christmas Day has finally come is that we no longer have to wrap any more presents. I am terrible at wrapping Christmas presents. While we're clapping, we should put our hands together for my wife who wrapped all of the Christmas presents uh, for my family. But for me, you know, unless it's a perfect rectangular prism, maybe a book or something, then I need multiple bits of sticky tape and there's going to be holes in those bits and there's going to be kind of the white underside of the uh, wrapping paper sticking out and then that needs to be cut off and so then there's kind of, it gets all puffy, I'm terrible. A few weeks ago, my family were able to go to the, the Melbourne Basket Brigade Christmas Toy Wrapping Day, uh, where there was about 100 of us volunteers wrapping toys. Uh, they get kind of donated presents to, to give to kids who wouldn't otherwise uh, have gifts. Uh, and I've just since then had the thought that, you know, the kids who get the presents I wrapped are going to have a very anticlimactic <laughs> Christmas morning as they receive these very ugly looking presents. Well, this morning, I bring it up because the one thing that I want us to focus on this morning, this Christmas, is the wrapping. The wrapping. You might have missed it in our passage this morning, but there is particular wrapping that Jesus, baby Jesus, came in this morning and Luke wants us to know about it. Luke, particularly, is the only biographer of Jesus. We have four of them, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. But Luke is the only one who focuses in on this particular detail. And so just as the angel said to the shepherds, hey, this will be a sign for you, I think the wrapping that Jesus came in is also a sign for us. And so we're going to talk about that. If you weren't here with us yesterday, uh, yesterday we, we looked at, again at the, the book of Luke, but chapter one. Today we're chapter two. Yesterday was chapter one. And uh, we heard at the beginning of the book of Luke, Luke is a doctor, uh, but he was commissioned to be a bit of an investigative journalist to back in the day, 2,000 years ago, in the time, to investigate the claims of this Jesus, the claims of the early Christians about who this Jesus was and what he came to do. And so he, he got commissioned and sent out to, to kind of interview the right people, to talk to the right people, to, to go to the eyewitnesses and ask them, hey, did you really do this? What really happened? And he did it so that the person who commissioned him, a Roman official named Theophilus, would have certainty of the things that he heard. And so today we, we want to pick back up the book of Luke for ourselves to get certainty that we aren't just kind of 
doing Christmas again this year because we did it last year and we've, we've done it every year and it's just a thing. We aren't just doing Christmas because it's a, a, a cultural custom. We aren't doing Christmas because somehow this, this ancient myth like exploded in popularity. No, we're doing Christmas because this is about a real historical event that actually happened and has real world implications for you and for me. And so Luke wants us to be sure of what actually happened in the life of Jesus. And so he starts with the birth of Jesus and he tells us details about that birth. You might have picked up as Lisa read it out for us that he tells us about who was the Caesar at the time. He tells us about who was the the governor of Syria at the time. He tells us the specific details about how Joseph had to take his, his family to the particular city of his hometown, Bethlehem. And then Luke shares this seemingly inconsequential detail. Let me read it for us in in verse 6 and 7. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. So Luke is the, the only one who wants to point out the swaddling cloths. He points out the swaddling cloths. Now, the swaddling cloths are a little bit like Christmas wrapping paper, but for babies, for, for, for humans. Uh, I learned this when I first became a dad, that, that you need to swaddle a baby very tightly in order to kind of keep their arms close to their body while they sleep so they don't inadvertently wave their arms when they're sleeping and wake themselves up. And just like wrapping paper, it's perhaps no surprise that I wasn't very good at swaddling my children. Uh, I, I got a few photos I found on my, on my iPhone as I was thinking, now, here was a good, this was a good, good example of me, kind of my, my first goes at, at swaddling. And then kind of most of the time, it kind of <laughs> became like that, it wasn't very good. And then because I wasn't very good, it, it, usually, it usually turned out like that. I wasn't, wasn't very good at swaddling. But in ancient times, they did the right thing. It's not just a modern thing, swaddling a baby. It was, this was just ordinary newborn care. And so Mary knew what to do when Jesus came into the world. He, he wrapped, she wrapped him in swaddling cloth. But that reality tells us something incredible. God didn't just take on human flesh, but was also embodied in the same kind of frailty, the same kind of vulnerability, the same kind of weakness, the same kind of you might unwittingly flail your arms and wake yourself up vulnerability that you and I had when we were just days old as babies ourselves. And so baby Jesus, whom Augustine just, just told us in that great poem, who created the world, we're told, who keeps the world spinning and your life going, became so human that he could not even control his limbs as a baby boy. And so the swaddling cloth points us to the the need of Mary to treat Jesus as the, the tiny, vulnerable, helpless baby that he was. And that tells us something about the kind of God who has come to us at Christmas. That he is infinitely powerful and yet has still come to us to become intimately acquainted with our weakness, with our humanity, with our vulnerability. One author commenting on this says, the arrival of the incarnated Son of God is a study in contrast between how God did it and how we might have done it. 
Because if you think about how, if, if you or I were God, how would we want to announce our arrival into the world to come and be the king? You know, if it was me, I would have already arranged miraculously some kind of ticker tape parade. And that would lead to, to some kind of, maybe, maybe that kind of um, that LED dome that's now in Vegas, like some kind of VIP concert where there would have been smoke machines and there would have been lasers and there would have been kind of LED arrows pointing at the stage and then it would have popped up from the bottom of the stage. And as I popped up, people would go, oh, who, who, who's this God going to be? And I'd be like eight foot tall and I'd, I'd have bulging biceps and ripped abs and the infinity stones already on my fingers. <laughs> and, and the world would know. This guy's not like us. This guy must be God. And yet, the God who is there, he chose to become normal, average, standard, little baby boy. Weak and vulnerable. The angel uh, appears to the shepherds and Luke tells us that the angel himself also brought up the swaddling cloths. In a, a nearby farm, there are some shepherds out there. Uh, and we start to, to read something that, that though Jesus is just like us, there is some distinction. He says this in, in verse, 12, uh, verse 10 to them. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Saviour who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And so the swaddling cloths start to take on even more significance because the angel from heaven has come to tell the shepherds, hey, look out for the swaddling cloths. Look out for the swaddling cloths wrapped the baby, which have wrapped the baby in a manger. Is this part of what is going to help these shepherds know we got the right guy? We got the right baby. And the distinction here. Incredibly, isn't, isn't to show us that Jesus was some kind of special or privileged baby. But the sign, the thing that the angel points out, is the opposite. That, that Jesus, you're going to know that you got the right baby, because not, is he, not because he's special or privileged, but because he's even less privileged than your average baby. He's even more lowly, more humble than normal first century ancient human standards of newborn births. Because it didn't just in, include the, the usual swaddling cloth, but it also included an unusual manger. A feeding trough for animals would be where the king of kings was laid. And so the angel says this to the shepherds because the angel wants the shepherds to get the right baby. Luke tells us this detail because Luke wants to give us certainty. And so perhaps Luke went and interviewed the shepherds. Or somehow he got inside information on what the shepherds had been told from the angel and how they knew that they got the right baby. And how they knew that they got the right baby was, here's a baby wrapped in swaddling cloth, lying in a manger. And so we can know with certainty that they saw the good news of great joy in the flesh. And so Luke tells us about the swaddling cloth to highlight first the real world vulnerability and humanity of Jesus. But... It doesn't stop there because in the swaddling cloth, we also get a glimpse of why God himself would come and take on flesh and come to us as that baby boy. There's a reason why God took on vulnerability, took on humanity, took on weakness. And it wasn't just to relate to us, but as the angel said, to save us. 
Because later in the book of Luke, Luke brings up the swaddling cloth again. But he brings it up at the end of Jesus' life. Just as the beginning of Jesus' life, so as the end. Because we know from history, and we remember it every Easter, that, that Jesus, yes, we celebrate the birth of Jesus because it was good news of great joy, but we know that good news of great joy also came with bad news of great sorrow. Jesus would die upon the cross. And hear what Luke says about what unfolded in the minutes after Jesus died on that cross. In, in, in Luke 23, he says this, there was a man named Joseph from the Jewish town of Arimathea. He was a member of the council, a good and righteous man, who had not consented to their decision and action, and he was looking for the kingdom of God. This man went to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus. Then he took it down and wrapped it in a linen shroud and laid him in a tomb cut in stone where no one had ever yet been laid. And so the swaddling cloths that wrapped Jesus in the manger point us to the linen shroud, the other swaddling cloths that would wrap Jesus and his dead body. It tells us that, that Jesus was born, Christmas happened so that Easter might happen. Jesus was born so that he might give up his life. And so the bad news of great sorrow is that, that my attempts at wrapping Christmas presents are just as bad as the mess that's within my heart. That actually, how I go at wrapping Christmas presents is just the tip of the iceberg at everything else that I fail at far more seriously. That in my heart, my, my, my attitudes, my half-heartedness, my, my hangriness, my self-centeredness, my self-protection, my self-service, in my heart, my bias is always to put myself first, to do my own thing. That God himself is out there and has sent his boy, his son, into the world and yet he's come for a purpose, and that purpose was to right me of the things that are wrong within me, to save me from myself. The reality is, and I, I know this as a pastor, that all of our hearts, all of our hearts are, 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 are crinkled in the wrong way. All of our hearts are, are, are messed up in a way that we can express sometimes in out-and-out -out rebellion, but also many times in self-righteous religion. And unfortunately for me, there's no amount of sticky tape that can wrap up my heart. No amount of sticky tape to patch it up. As much as I might prioritise putting on uh, a front, as much as I might blame it on my external circumstances, as much as I might pursue my own self-improvement to get better or I might compare myself to my peers, no, Jesus' death on the cross shows me what, what my mess deserves before a holy God. And yet, this is why Luke brings up the swaddling cloth again, the linen shroud, because it tells us that, that Jesus stepped in to human history, not just to relate to me, not just to, to show me that he can, he, can, he can feel my humanity. He can feel my vulnerability. No, he stepped into our world to save me. He stepped into our world to pay the penalty that you deserve for what's going on in your heart before God. The, the, the swaddling cloth reminds us that God loves our world so much that he sent his only son so that he might bring us back to him and make us right and in right relationship with him. 
And so the swaddling cloth highlights vulnerability and humanity. Luke uses it to, to highlight that that vulnerability and humanity went all the way down to death. And Jesus died a, a horrible and gruesome death because it was a, a death that showed me the picture of what my sin looks like and of what I deserve. And so the swaddling cloth, the one thing, the detail that I, I, I want us to see here in the Christmas story, reminds us that, that Jesus came to be with one of us, be one of us, but also Jesus came on a mission to save us and rescue us from the evil that lies within, the evil that comes against us from without. Luke brings up the swaddling cloth that we might think on these things. But he doesn't just leave it there either. Luke seems particularly attentive to the swaddling cloths because he brings it up again. He keeps the swaddling cloth in his mind and ours. Three days after being wrapped up in swaddling cloth for the second time in his life, Luke tells us that some ladies went to the tomb. They saw the stone had been rolled away. They found the tomb empty. They go tell the disciples. The disciples can't believe it. They have to come out themselves. And Luke tells us a very significant, seemingly minute detail. Luke 24, but Peter rose and ran to the tomb, stooping and looking in. He saw the linen cloths by themselves, and he went home marveling at what had happened. And so, yes, Jesus was swaddled in death for three more days as a grown man. But that death and that cloth could not hold the Savior, the King of the world. One biographer uh, John, he even tells us that, that Jesus had folded the linen cloth before he left the empty tomb. It, it's like Jesus cleaned up the Airbnb that he rented for three days, not to pay the cleaning fee, and then, and then went out. He was that alive that he was concerned. He'd finished his work, and he folded the linen cloths. And so the, the swaddling cloth here remind us of Jesus' birth. He took on flesh to become like us. He's vulnerable. He's weak. He's human. It speaks to his death. But the swaddling cloth doesn't stop there. It also points us to the glory of the resurrection, that Jesus defeated death, that he put away our sin, that he did all that was needed to bring us back to God, that he alone has the power to save us, to put himself in our place upon the cross, but then to triumph over that cross, to triumph over that death so that you and I might have a new heart, a heart that follows him, a heart that trusts in him. And so some things in life are right in front of our eyes and we miss the forest for the trees. This is one of those times where it might be right in front of our eyes and we miss the trees for the forest. Don't forget the swaddling cloths. This Christmas, think on the detail. Look at the swaddling cloth. The sign to the shepherds contains all that we need to know this Christmas. The sign of the swaddling cloth contains the whole message of Christianity. God himself has come into our world as one of us to live our life, to die our death, and then to rise again. Jesus was wrapped up in life. Jesus was wrapped up in death and Jesus broke free so that he might reign as the king, that we might have new life in him, that we might be brought back to God. And so you can know that life 
for yourself this Christmas. You can unwrap that gift for yourself this Christmas simply by entrusting your life to this Jesus. What could he have done? What He did not need to do anything more to bring you back to God, but rather he accomplished it all and he accomplished it wrapped in or very near the swaddling cloth. And so take the wrapping off that gift this Christmas. Put your trust in Jesus. We're going to celebrate uh, the Jesus who was wrapped for us, the Jesus who burst out of that wrapping on the resurrection now. We're going to do it in song. I'm going to invite the band back up. Let's pray now. I'm going to pray that we remember uh, the detail of this Christmas, particularly the swaddling cloth. Let's pray. Lord God, we thank you so much for God made flesh, Jesus, Saviour, born this day in Bethlehem. Lord, we thank you that, that on that day, Lord, in your, in your wisdom, in your providence, you had the Son of God, the King of the universe, wrapped in swaddling cloth. I know that detail made him look just like every other baby. Lord, I thank you that in that vulnerability, in that weakness, you tell us that you know us, that you are with us. And Lord, we thank you that your knowledge extends even to the things that other people don't know about us, even to the deep recesses of our hearts, even to the things that we try to hide from others and hide from you, the mess of our lives. Lord, we confess this morning that in ourselves we have sinned against you in thought, word and deed. We've done what we shouldn't. We've failed to do what we ought. Lord, we thank you that you know our weaknesses and you know our vulnerabilities. And we thank you, Lord, for Luke inserting this detail about the swaddling cloth that points us not just to the birth, but also to the death. That such is your humility that you were yourself humiliated. Such is your love for us that you led your life and laid it down to us, for us on the cross. Lord, we thank you that you submitted yourself to death so that in death you might burst out of the grave, that you might defeat it. And so as we think this Christmas, perhaps people amongst us here mourning that empty seat at the table this Christmas, Lord, we thank you for the hope that you have that you have defeated death. We thank you that as we trust in you, every grief we face, grief itself, is tarnished by the, the spark of joy and hope that we have, that you're a king who reigns over our sin and over death itself. And we thank you we see that in the swaddling cloth, the linen shroud left in the empty tomb. Lord, what you borrowed for three days, Lord, you burst out of, that we might know this good news of great joy for ourselves. And so, Lord, I pray that we would know that. And so for every one here this morning who does not know you, Lord, I pray that your Holy Spirit would come and, and open our hearts up to joy, open our hearts up to the good news of who you are and what you've done for us, open our hearts up to the, what Christmas is all about, a baby in a swaddling cloth who grows up to die and yet to rise again. Lord, we entrust ourselves afresh to you this morning. We pray that this Christmas you might give us moments to bring our whole selves 
our authentic selves before you and have you speak into our lives, change our hearts and entrust ourselves to you. And so receive our praise right now, receive our worship, receive the glory that you deserve for what you've done at Christmas, we pray. It's in Jesus' mighty name and all God's people said, 